0: You know, it's a changing world, and one of the things that help us understand the changing world is research. And so as churches have been struggling and families may be disconnected and sometimes drifting away from the church, we're kind of dealing with some of the questions of where do we go from here? And the Communio Nationwide Survey on Faith and Relationships really kind of points to the family decline and how it relates to faith decline in the United States. Actually, the survey has three key issues that are impacting our society today. Go to Communio.org study to download the nationwide study on faith and relationships
1: welcome to the transforming the church podcast hosted by dr derwin l gray we pray that through this podcast you will be empowered to live on mission with jesus and lead courageously here's your host dr derwin l gray i want to tell you a story Now, you're probably not going to believe this is a true story. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't believe it's a true story either, except for I was right in the middle of the story. I want to tell you a story about the naked preacher. And specifically, I want to tell you five things the naked preacher taught me about evangelism. So in 1993, a dream came true. I was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. I was the 92nd selection In the 1993 NFL draft, my whole life up to that point, I'd worked to get to the NFL and boom, I see my name on ESPN. I get drafted by the Colts and I think everything's going to be great. Now, keep in mind from a spiritual perspective, football in essence was my God. A God is anything that... Where you find ultimate affirmation and love, where you find identity, where you find significance, where you find mission, and football gave me all of those things. And so I would say I was a full fledged idolater of football, and it worked well for me up to that point. So 1993, I get drafted. Uh, I'm not playing a whole bunch. It's a it's a it's a tough year. But my third year, though, I was a team captain. I was playing really good, had some key plays throughout the season to help us get to the AFC Championship game. However, um, at the end of that year, I knew something was wrong. Existentially, it just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense for me to have a beautiful wife, for me to be an NFL team captain, for me to be living out a dream and still not be happy. But not only not be happy, but to have anxiety, meaning who would I be? when I couldn't play in the NFL anymore, because the NFL stands for not for long. Um, I didn't know how to love my wife the way she deserved. I didn't know how to forgive uh, my father for not being in my, involved in my life. I didn't know how to even forgive myself. So I find myself just this existential wreck. But here comes the naked preacher. Let's go back in time two years. Rookie year, 1993. I'm in the locker room with the Indianapolis Colts, and I notice a guy on the team every day after practice, he'd take a shower, dry off, wrap a towel around his waist. Then he'd get his Bible. And, he would, and this is a true story. He would then walk to my teammates and say, do you know Jesus? And he would go tch, 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 with his teeth, do you know Jesus? And in my mind, I'm going, brother, do you know you're half naked? So I asked the veterans on the team, what's up with the half naked black man walking around talking about, do you know Jesus? They said, don't pay no attention to him. That's the naked preacher. His real name was Steve Grant, but his nickname was the naked preacher. One day, rookie year, I'm sitting in the locker room um, at my locker, and I see six foot two, 240 pounds of dark chocolate nakedness coming towards me with his Bible. My first thought was, oh man, here's one of these religious guys, don't have time for it. So I turned my back, hoping that he wouldn't bother me, and he did. And by the way, I'm grateful that he did. He said to me, he said, "Uh, Rookie D Gray, do you know Jesus? And like most people who don't know Jesus, I said to him, Well, I'm a good person. And he said, Good compared to who? And then he lovingly just walked me through that our comparison is with God, and God himself came in the person of Jesus, and no one is good, that we're all sinners, we're all separated from God, but because God loved us, he sent Jesus to live a sinless life we couldn't live, to die our death on the cross to forgive us, and to raise again on the third day, to give us new life, and a new hope, and a new heart, a new future, and so I'm listening to it, and it takes several years for this to take root. On August 2nd, 1997, Five years from that conversation, I did come to know Christ. I started getting injuries. I realized that football stands for not for long. The NFL stands for not for long. And so eventually, I came to know Christ. It was on August 2nd, 1997. I remember right after lunchtime in training camp with the Colts, fifth year in NFL, Anderson, Indiana, Anderson College. I'm walking in my dorm room, and I'm just broken. And I get to my dorm room, and I call my wife on the phone. I say, sweetheart, I want to be more committed to you, and I want to be more committed to Jesus. Um, That was my born-again moment. That's when the gospel that the naked preacher has shared with me for multiple years, that's when it just coalesced in this beautiful mystery it hit me that I was loved, that I was forgiven, that the living God of the universe treasured me, not because of my 40 time, not how good I played in football. He looked at my game film of life and I wasn't good enough. That's why Jesus became my good enough. I was forgiven. Uh, for three nights, I just, I just wept and I cried thinking, how could someone like Jesus love someone like me? The reality is, is Jesus only has people like you and me to love. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that's how I came to faith. But what I want to do is I want to share with you five things the naked preacher taught me about evangelism. Now, if you're a pastor, ministry leader, um, uh, a a, a person— in church that just wants to reach people, there are five critical things or five ways of being that the naked preacher lived on mission. His real name was Steve Grant, but his nickname was the naked preacher. So first, he was Christ-centered. If we want to have explosive evangelism, it has to be Christ-centered. The naked preacher was captivated by Jesus and his gospel. The man knew Jesus and Jesus knew him with every fiber of his being. He wanted others to know and love Jesus. That's what worship is. Mission is Is simply the overflow of worship. Whatever we adore, whatever captures our affections, we want others to be captured. Steve, the naked preacher, beheld Christ, and he wanted Christ to hold others. So what did he do? He took the gospel. He understood that he was an everyday missionary in his locker room. And so people that we shepherd, people that we lead, even in our own lives, we want to recognize that as everyday missionaries, wherever we are, we want to be centered on Christ. This type of passion only comes from being with Jesus, only comes from marinating in His grace, soaking in His loving kindness, and relying on the Holy Spirit's power. 1 Corinthians 2 says this. Paul, the apostle, says, to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So, Pastors and ministry leaders, as we equip and shape congregations to grow into the world, we want them shaped by the gospel of King Jesus. We want them to be centered upon Christ. The Transforming the Church podcast is a part of the Church Leaders Podcast Network, which is dedicated to resourcing church leaders in order to help them face the complexities of ministry. Church Leaders Podcast Network supports pastors and ministry leaders by challenging assumptions, providing insights, and offering practical steps that will help church leaders navigate a variety of cultures and contexts. Learn more at churchleaders.com slash podcast network. Number two, the naked preacher was, was consistent. Man, he showed up every single day as the same person. He was not an emotional roller coaster. I now know that he was walking by the Holy Spirit's power, that he had peace and he had joy, and he also had self-control. Now, let me pause here. This is in an NFL locker room where you have a cast of characters from all over the country, from all over backgrounds and various traumas and all types of craziness, and he was utterly consistent. And that was one of the things that attracted me to him and this gospel he was preaching is how consistent he was. And even the way he played the game, he was consistent. He was not the greatest athlete, not the biggest, not the fastest, but man, he paid attention to details. He worked hard. He played really hard. One of the most awesome things i ever seen him do were playing the Buffalo Bills, Back then, the Buffalo Bills ran what's called a K-Gun offense. It was no huddle, it was fast, and you would get tired. His job on defense was to call the plays. Well, one time, he was so tired, he lifted up his face mask, vomited on the field, put his face mask down, called the defense, and then made the tackle. As an unbeliever, I'm like, if that's what it means to follow Jesus, I'm interested. Because typically, that's when a person shuts down. So his ability was not that great there was something else fueling him, and I know that some some something else is jesus also there was this one time where the defensive backs, which that's the position that I played and defensive backs we're 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 loud uh we're extroverts, we like to have fun we like to joke uh one time. The defensive backs were messing around, and somebody threw some tape at another guy. He ducked, and it hit the naked preacher in the eye. And the naked preacher went up to the guy who hit him and said, if I didn't love Jesus, I would hurt you. He was consistent. I'm like, wait a second. This man is really serious about Christ. So those lit up with love become the gospel, living a life of consistency, humility, and forgiveness. So so the naked preacher taught us, one, Christ-centeredness. Number two, consistency. And all of this is through the Holy Spirit's power. Number three, the naked preacher was clear in his presentation of the gospel. Um, He was very clear in what his life was like before Christ, what his life was like, how he met Christ, and what's happening in his life Now, he shared how Jesus lived a sinless life that human beings could not live. That's God's active obedience. The obedience of Jesus is given to people who follow him. His death on the cross, literally substitution, like Jesus substitutes himself. This is mind-blowing. Think about this. The one who is guiltless substitutes himself for the guilty. The one who is sinless substitutes himself for the sinful. The one who is holy substitutes himself for the unholy. The one who is righteous substitutes himself for the unrighteous. It just makes no sense. That's why it's called grace. But then he raises from the dead on the third day to forgive us, to restore us, to, to reconcile us back to God. And then the Holy Spirit lives in us to make us a part of his family, not just so that we go to heaven when we die, but to be people to bring heaven to earth now, that the blood of Christ is not only going to restore people, but even all of creation. One of the things a naked preacher would say is you become a new creation in Christ with a new purpose. What a lot of people don't know about the naked preachers, he grew up in Miami, Florida. He was a part of gangs growing up, and so he knew what it meant to come to Christ. And so he was very, very clear. Uh, when we're equipping people, when we're preaching, when we're teaching, we want to clearly communicate the good news. Uh, I'm going to do just a mini sermon here, right here. L- listen, if you want to get good advice, you can, you can go to a TED Talk. There's a lot of things that you can learn, but there's only w- one message that makes a person new, that raises them from the dead, that heals the wounds, that binds the brokenhearted. And that's the message of King Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, and the sending of the Holy Spirit. So we want to have people that are clear. In a world with so much chaos, we want to be clear. In a world that's so much noise, we want to be clear. Fourth, Uh, The naked preacher was also cross-cultural. Man, the naked preacher, he was African-American, man, but he shared the gospel with everybody on the team, white people, black people. We had an Asian guy on the team named Eugene Chung. He shared the gospel with him as well. It didn't matter. He was an equal opportunity gospel sharer. Uh, He reminded me of the Jewish men in Acts 11, 20. And the scripture says this, men from Cyprus and Cyrene who came to Antioch began speaking to Greeks also, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. Those lit up with love cross ethnic boundaries and class boundaries to proclaim the reconciling love of King Jesus. Let's pause here. This is so important. In the early church, as the gospel was leaving Jerusalem and going to the outermost parts of the Greco-Roman world, there were Jewish followers of Jesus who were only sharing the gospel with other Jewish people. But then these men from Cyprus and Cyrene began to share with Greeks also. What's the big deal? And the big deal, in the first century, Jewish people and Gentiles, that meant everybody else had a enmity. There, there was a barrier. Racism and prejudice is not a new sin. It's been around for thousands of years, and Jesus wants to take a bulldozer of grace and knock those walls down, and the naked preacher did that. And so we want to make sure that as we're sharing the gospel, it's not just with people who think like us, look like us, vote like us. We want to share the gospel with with people made in the image of God, and that is everybody from every single background. And here's the good news. The good news is this. My words and your words don't change anybody. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what I do know. The more that I personally and the more that our church shares the gospel and prays that people hear the gospel, the more people come to faith. I want to encourage you is light your people up with the love of Christ cross-culturally. When Jesus died, his red blood was to cover all of our colors. Those lit up with love cross ethnic boundaries and class boundaries to proclaim this good news. Fifth, um, the naked preacher was compassionate too. Like this dude was 6'2", 245 pounds And this brother was compassionate. Compassion means to suffer with. Whenever one of my teammates had a problem, they were at the naked preacher's locker receiving counsel. He was compassionate. He was patient to the worst of sinners like me. Listen, I was not always Pastor Derwin. I was not always the man that I am now. He knew me before I knew Christ, and that brother was so patient with me. Today, I call on the name of Jesus because he would patiently walk with me. He would patiently talk to me. He would patiently help me work through things of being a young husband, learning how to be an NFL player. Nothing in life was off limits to how he applied the gospel. And that's what we want to be able to equip our people with as well. As everyday missionaries, the gospel applies to everything. So I was actually baptized uh, on an away game. It was the Colts versus the Raiders. I was baptized in Oakland, California at a hotel swimming pool. Uh, I was talking to the naked preacher. I had prayed to receive Christ, and he was like, let's go get baptized. And so, uh, yeah, so the naked preacher who helped me understand not only who Christ was, Five things about evangelism that can make evangelism great again. He baptized me. My teammate Eugene da- Daniels was, was there. U- Eugene was trying to sing some old Southern hymns. It was awesome. Uh, guests at the hotel were looking at these big muscular dudes be baptized. And uh, I just remember the next day playing against the Ra- Raiders. I had just had so much peace. Uh, some of the Raider guys were cussing me out, and I was like praying for them. I'm like, man, something definitely happened to me because you was cussing me out. I was about to cuss you back, but God gave me a new heart, man. And uh, so, so l- l- listen, may we be lit up with love so others can receive the light and be rescued from the darkness. These are five lessons from the naked preacher about evangelism. I want you to marinate on that. When the church is transformed, the world will be transformed.
0: You know, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I love research used to lead a research company. So I love when research helps to illustrate a question we have. And one of the questions a lot of people are having is how do we look to the decline of the family, maybe the relationship around fatherhood and issues of faith and church? Well, again, the Communio nationwide study on faith and relationships actually points to the collapse of marriage. What, where resident fatherhood fits into that, and how they all point ultimately to a relationship to Christianity and decline in the church. So visit communio.org slash study to download Communio's nationwide study on faith and relationships.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode of Transforming the Church. If you found this episode helpful or encouraging, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this with someone in your life. For more resources, head to transformationchurch.tc slash podcast.